Welcome to the Remote First Podcast. Every week we invite guests from large or innovative companies to share their insights on enabling an equitable and distributed workplace experience. I'm your host, Daphne Laforet. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Remote First Podcast. This week I am with Amar Marinan, Director of Culture at HubSpot, to talk about their transition into remote friendly to remote first and hybrid. So thank you for joining us, Amar. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And can you tell me a bit more about what is HubSpot and also what is your role there as a director of culture? What does that mean? Of course. Uh, in the, in yeah, absolutely. Um, so just for a little bit of context, HubSpot is a leading customer relationship management or CRM platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow better. So that's what we do. Um, and at HubSpot, we are completely culture obsessed, so much so that we've actually published something called the HubSpot Culture Code, which you may have seen. It has 5 million views externally. So uh, it's completely popular and completely crazy. Um, and really, Daphne, my job, like you said, I'm director of culture. It's to help bring that culture code to life. So to enable our culture, help engage our employees through programming, programming and experiences and just help build a company culture that empowers people to do their best work that's awesome i mean it's really cool to have someone in a company that is just taking care of culture it's a very important role that not many companies are actually including in their in their organization but makes so much of a big difference on the employee experience and the whole the whole experience of the company. Yeah, it does. I have to say, I feel really privileged that I can do this at HubSpot um, because I think it's sometimes I'm asked, you know, what do you like about culture or what is it about your role that you like most? And I do think that too often companies, they forget about their culture or culture is built kind of at the side of somebody's table. Um, and really to be able to step into this role and have a direct impact on people's growth and honestly people's lives, both personally and professionally, is so important, especially now, because people want to work somewhere and be part of a culture that they truly believe in um, and one that excites them, you know, knowing that our home and work life is just so blended at the moment. And so really being able to do that and being able to dedicate time, resources and energy to that, I think, has been such a differentiator for HubSpot and is just something that's so important. Hmm. And you've been having remote employees for quite a long time now in the company, right? We Even before this whole pandemic we did so before the pandemic hit about 10 percent of our workforce was remote um and so we did have a bit of a head start in terms of thinking through like a remote culture or not a remote culture but building a culture that was inclusive uh, of everybody and so um of that 10 percent which equated to about 400 people globally at the time they were dispersed through nine different countries and then all across the US. Um, and I think one of the things actually that was interesting at the time, Daphne, that we did was we hired uh, in 2019, a remote inclusion business partner called Megan Williams, who actually now sits on my team. Mm. And her role was solely around creating, um, you know, helping to support and scale our growing remote population. Um, and so we've always had a remote workforce, but definitely, so like I said, I think we were definitely set up for success, but we never imagined that what was going to happen from, you know, remote mm. blowing up and everyone being forced remote at what happened. So we have absolutely been on our own journey, even with that head start. Mm. And then how was it, for example, the experience there where you went suddenly fully remote? How is it? How did it feel for 
the employees who were never remote and those who were actually remote for a long time like how did it feel that is such a good question I think it was so interesting so like I said we you know 10% of our workforce was remote and I would say while we had uh, some really good practices to include those remote employees into our culture we definitely weren't like you know a remote first population or we I would say we weren't fully inclusive in terms of how we thought about our experiences and kind of moments to engage folk that weren't in the office and so actually when COVID hit and everybody was forced remote those that always worked remote they they found everything to be so much more inclusive, so much more equitable. Like everybody was a Zoom face on screen. And so definitely there was a level playing field across the board. I think that was a bit of an aha moment for us as a company because it also highlighted how we had so much more work to do to really build a culture that Mm -hmm. was inclusive to everyone and that was equitable to everyone regardless of where you worked. Obviously for employees then that were forced remote, I think some found it easier than others. I do think though that it was a completely unnatural transition you know it wasn't like we just decided one day hey everybody you have to work remote everyone was forced to work remote in the midst of a pandemic you know with friends and family taken away from them their work and home life balance like I personally had my two kids at home I just started with HubSpot Mm -hmm. at the time so it was just an incredibly stressful situation and that has continued and so I think even though you know we did a lot to to make sure that we were thinking through the well-being kind of mental health of our employees our employees have been you know burnt out and they've definitely been stressed like everybody has been and mm-hmm. uh that definitely is, is obviously in part to do with the pandemic and kind of what's been happening over the last 12 months so it's interesting just to see how sometimes i think right now in the press you're seeing remote work getting a bit of a bad rap but people forget that we still haven't experienced Mm-hmm. normal just yet like COVID-19 yeah. is still a thing you know restrictions are still in place in certain situations mm-hmm. and so I think the next year for us will be really interesting that's when we'll really be able to test and and see how things go yeah I'm pretty sure that remote employees who were remote before were probably saying to the, their colleagues like this is not real life yeah. this is freaking stressful yeah. like this is not what remote work looks like in real life totally 100% and I think sometimes there was Like maybe there was a fear that, again, people wouldn't appreciate all of the benefits that comes with working remotely because there is a ton. And, you know, I think one of the things that we we did pretty early on, uh, Daphne, was when we were thinking about our future of work model, we asked employees what they wanted to do longer term. And we did that. We did that pretty early because I think so much was out of everybody's control. We wanted to try and give at least some guidance around what the future of HubSpot looked like. So at least give our employees an element of control and, you know, that Mm -hmm. like an element of planning as much as we could plan. And, you know, I think the results that we got back was really interesting. We definitely heard that a portion of our employees, of course, wanted to come back to the office. Um, A portion of employees, of course, wanted to work, you know, remotely or at home full time. But the majority of our employees wanted a bit of both. They wanted a mix. So they wanted like that level of flexibility. Um, And I think that's worked really well. But I do think it was really important for us to ask our employees, especially, you know, understanding what was happening at the time and, and then really act on that. So not just ask and ignore but definitely ask listen and act was super important so what will it what would it look like from now on if people are wanting to have that flexibility and a mix of both office and like how does it look like are they choosing whenever they want to go to the office like is there i mean of course at the moment there's still a lot of like health concerns of a percentage and this is something that is different of like 
we know that there is a lot of uh, logistics there. Yeah. But if we think long term, how yes. does it look like? outside of that totally that's a great question so we have published our future of work model and so going forward hubspot is going to shift to a fully hybrid company model um and like i said the reason that we did that is we're big believers in giving our employees a the autonomy to choose something that works for them but also giving them the level of flexibility to work somewhere where they can do their best work regardless of where that is and so what we're doing now is we're giving employees three options. Um, the first is something called at office. So what at office means is you can come into a HubSpot office three or more days a week. Um, you also will have a dedicated desk for your laptop, your monitor, your photos, plants, whatever else uh, is yours. But that workspace is totally yours. Um, you can then choose at flex. So that's the second option. At flex is when you come into a HubSpot office two or fewer days per week. Um, so, you know, if you come into the office as an Atflex employee, you'll be allocated something called a hotel desk, which, be, which we will try and organize by team where possible. Um, and then HubSpot will also help support your work from home setup, knowing that you don't mm. have an actual dedicated desk in the office. So personally, I've chosen Atflex. So I'll go into the office maybe Tuesday, Wednesdays, and then work from home Mondays, Thursday, Thursdays and Fridays. But the days can change. So you don't have to choose specific days. Mm. Um, you know, if you're an AdFlex employee. And then the third employee is something called at home. And if you choose at home, basically you work the majority of time from home in a HubSpot approved entity. Um, and so guidance is you'll come into an office maybe kind of one or two times a quarter, which is, you know, still important to have that level of connectivity back with your team. And then HubSpot will really uh, work with you to make sure that your working from home setup is safe, sound, and kind of your setup for success like that. Um, and so just in terms of... So when you say... Oh, no, go for it. Sorry. Sorry. Um... When you say the at-home setup is yeah. in a HubSpot-approved entity, yes. what does that mean? Great question. So um, HubSpot obviously has a number of entities kind of worldwide. So say, for example, uh, Ireland is a really good example. So we have an office in Ireland and we also have a HubSpot entity in Ireland. And uh, what that means is to work for a HubSpot-approved entity, you can't work anywhere in the world. So say, for example, we don't have an entity in Spain. We don't have an entity in uh, the Netherlands. So an employee can't work from there. Uh, we can provide a level of flexibility as long as it's a HubSpot-approved entity. And the reason being, honestly, Daphne, is there's a whole myriad of uh, tax considerations for the employee, mm -hmm. benefit considerations for the employee, how they work, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this was a quite a big topic also, just uh, that companies were realizing when they start launching work from anywhere campaigns, so you can work from anywhere, but actually you can't because there are a lot of liability that you have as a company to hire someone in a specific location yeah and if you allow them to work from home you need to make sure that they are when they are working you're they're, you're kind of responsible of their well-being and their health and everything so uh, there are a lot of considerations to make there that makes a company not able to let you travel for example while you're working or go other way, other places that you would uh, want to be based for some time for example there definitely are and it's it's hard you know and i really think it's been hard for our employees in particular i mean we have such a mix of employees from different countries like again i'm just going to take ireland or emia as an example um not everybody that works for hubspot ireland is irish in fact you know we have such a diverse uh representation of employees that work there and i think 
the pandemic, COVID-19 was really tough because again, those employees, especially many of our, you know, employees that actually relocated from different countries, they were really isolated, mm-hmm. uh, like really isolated. You know, not only were they not able to see their friends and family in Ireland because we had, you know, our restrictions were pretty tight at the time. They also weren't able to travel home in many situations. And so we definitely um, did what we could to try and accommodate a level of temporary mobility for those employees um, Mm -hmm. and allowed them travel back to their home country for, you know, a period of time. Um, But obviously we did have to have some guidance around when you had to come home, just acknowledging that there is like exactly like you said, a myriad of challenges that we have to consider. But I do think, I mean, God, every company just had to really lean into like compassion and empathy for their employees over the last year. It's been so hard, regardless of Mm -hmm. your situation. Everybody has kind of had something. Hmm. Do you make it clear, like when you are hiring on HubSpot, are you making it clear now you know, that you can only hire in specific entities, for example, the people cannot necessarily apply for a role that is maybe, maybe was meant for the entity in Ireland, but a person is based in Canada and then they cannot work necessarily for that entity there. Like that role would be entitled to that entity, even if you would have had an entity in Canada. I think my question is becoming a bit complex. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I think I know what you're saying. All good. We do. So we're really upfront, especially now that we have, you know, when employees actually are applying for a role, you know, we're, like I said, we're really trying, trying to lean in to flexibility and so you know there's only a very small percentage of roles that have to be dedicated at office like essential worker roles like facilities like say on my team uh some of our front desk receptionists sit in our team so obviously those people have to be in office um Mm -hmm. but we actually allow new hires first of all to choice their work to choose their work preference so whether they want to choose at office, at flex or at home. But we also do obviously make it incredibly clear at the initial hiring stage what at home means um, and what that means for employees that obviously are applying from somewhere that is not a HubSpot approved entity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think in that like at home setup, for example, uh, if you had an employee who was an entity of Ireland, but that was uh, working from another city, for example, yeah. and then they would want to go to a co-working space of some place where they can work sometime in a bit more productive environment. Do you include that in the at-home um, setup or is it completely different? It's not part of the expenses? Yeah, it's a good question. So again, one of the things that we have leaned into um, this year is thinking about what it really means for our employees to choose at home and at flex um, and knowing that, you know, we want there to be a level of equity across the board. So say if, you know, in an office environment, in a normal situation, there are certain perks and benefits that might come from going into an office and we want to make sure that there is equity. You know, if you're at home and you may not be able to experience those perks and benefits, you should still, you know, get the same kind of feel or at least, you know, get the same kind of level of compensation. And so we are offering a stipend um, for new hires that join, that choose at home. Um, but also, you know, if you choose at flex and, and at home and if you choose that, you know, if you decide that you want to use your stipend to work in a co-working space, then that's uh, the employee's choice. We lean in to use good judgment, mm-hmm. but we don't um, have like we don't set up co-working spaces for employees that aren't that are working right. at home, as an example. So at home is truly from our perspective, you're working from somewhere that's not an office, but or you're working from your home. But co-working uh options isn't kind of part of our footprint Hmm. so in the end the employees you will choose at home will still be kind of close to the hub 
uh, of HubSpot, <laughs> of the hub of HubSpot. I mean, it, de- like, it depends. Like, you know, Ireland is a small country, so you could totally argue mm. yes. But the US, no. Like, you know, if you think about, I've just hired um, my first employee in North Carolina, which is so super exciting. And so in HubSpot, our, you know, over in the US, our headquarters is in Cambridge. We have an office in Cambridge. We have an office in Portsmouth, which is really close to Cambridge. Both, both of those are in Boston. And then we have, we've just acquired a new... Um, company called the hustle based out of texas and so again it it really depends on like the size and scope of your landscape um but you know like i said depending on what happens or depending on your work preference choice if an employee chooses at home um they can our guidance is they can travel to the office kind of one or two times a quarter so if they want to get Mm. that office feel or if, if you know if if there is like a level of uh, team connectivity that managers or, or uh, leaders want to kind of to do or if they want to get their teams together there is still that option to come together once a quarter hmm. do you have a feeling that now there will be like these three levels of work for example yeah. that you could create some subculture of those who are remote those who are going to the office if I'm someone who decides to be full-time in the office yeah. if someone in the same role as me is fully remote where is my manager located and then how could that impact you know my progress for example in the company honestly like Daphne it's actually the one thing that keeps me up at night how we're gonna not do that (laughs) um (laughs) truly and I think it's it's our biggest focus right now like how we create a culture that is inclusive of everybody regardless of who you are what you are where you work and it is something that we are like hyper conscious about how do we make sure that there is equity in everything that we do regardless of location and so there's a couple of things that we're thinking about I think the first is like honestly a lot of what I've spent my time over the last year doing and a lot of what HubSpot has spent their time doing is bringing culture completely back to basics um, because I think, you know, the tech industry has almost done culture a little bit of a disservice um, because sometimes when you think about culture in the tech industry, you do think about the office perks and benefits. Like you think about mm. free coffee, free food, nap rooms, you're like, Bean bags, be, all of that stuff, table. right? <laughs> and the reality of the fact is that is not your culture. All of those things no. help activate your culture, but that is not your culture. The core of your culture is all around your behaviors and values and how you show up every day, how you hire, how you promote, how you reward. And so we've, you know, really bringing culture back to basics and making sure that a our, our behaviors and values were actually the right ones because culture evolves over time. We did a bit of work to measure our culture earlier in the year to test out our employees experiencing our behaviors and values in the right way, again, regardless of where they are, just to make sure that we were on the right track. Um, and then creating programming that actually, you know, activated those behaviors and values. And that programming is completely inclusive of, you know, regardless of where you are. And so I think there are some things that we've done from a cultural perspective to make sure that we're not creating subcultures. I think then there's the whole concept of like, how do we connect employees depending on where they are? And again, I would say we don't have all this figured out at all. This is like, mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying to learn what other companies are doing, but we're on kind of that journey. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, you know, there'll be some like a level of testing and I'm sure we're going to make mistakes, but we're going to have to really figure out at what points do we think through equity in our processes. So like, let's look at our promotions. Let's look at all of our rewards and make sure that, you know, depending on work preferences, there isn't one bias or favoritism, you know, over another and make sure that we course correct along the way. But we are we are definitely spending a lot of time thinking about it and trying to set ourselves up for success and our employees up for success because that's the most mm-hmm. important thing. 
you mentioned testing culture. I'm quite curious to know, like, how do you test your test culture? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how does it? How do you do that? Because it's actually like it's a good point. There's a lot of things that can be written, but then how is it in real life? Like, how do you measure if it's actually accurate? Yeah, it's it. You're totally, and I think it's so important because we're big on like experimentation and we're big on testing at HubSpot, um, because we don't have it figured out, and also the world just changes. So you know. If I would have done something a year ago, I guarantee you it definitely still would not hold true now. Um, but there, I think there's a couple of things. I think definitely measuring culture is really important. And a lot of companies don't do this, but I would encourage everyone to think about it. So we pulse our employees once a quarter as part of our regular EMPS survey to test engagement. Um, and a couple of or a few quarters ago, we asked employees how... Uh, our behaviors and values were showing up on a daily basis and were they you know were their peers were their managers were our leaders displaying the behaviors and values that they would have expected and we also asked them to describe our culture in three words um and then we kind of compared that those results back to a what we say our culture is but b you know if an employee so you know we we are really uh big on our heart values so heart is humble empathetic adaptable remarkable and transparent if it turns out that like 20% of our employees only see transparency every single day, we know we have a big problem. And we might have to pivot how we talk, how we share information, what we do to make sure that like that value is at the forefront of what we do. So those results were really, really interesting. Um, and the really good thing was our culture was doing what it was meant to be doing. So that was really good. And we're going to continue to... Mm measure and we're going to t continue to again based on the results kind of experiment with, with different things so i think that's the first piece and then i think the second piece is like experimenting with ways to activate your culture and connect employees and drive collaboration is really important and so we have definitely looked at different ways to engage employees over the last year um everything from like zoom webinars to self-paced uh, learnings like last at the end of the year we ran our first virtual gratitude relay across the globe in partnership with our program HubSpot Helps which is our social impact program um, and so what that was again virtually everyone passed a virtual gratitude baton to the next person said what they were grateful for and then donated to one of our corporate charity partners and then HubSpot match fund that uh, mm. you know that amount of money at the end of the year and that was incredibly successful because it was self-paced it wasn't a zoom webinar you know it was something that employees could do in their own time and it was completely global so trying to think outside the box and do different things and you know think about ways of how to engage your employees is another kind of element of experimentation and then I think that the third piece really is around connectivity so again like up until this point over the last year we've been trying to connect employees virtually but now we're going to move into a situation where we'll have teams that are completely distributed again across the globe but definitely across location and how do we connect those in a way that is equitable and fair so you don't have a ton of people in a conference room and like three people up on zoom which is obviously not a good mm -hmm. experience so again that's really where we're spending time we don't have that figured out just yet but we're thinking about some cool things and ways to really make sure that we still get to meet people, we still get to connect, we still get to, you know, really experience our peers, uh, which is so important. Your culture obviously is all about the people at the end of the day.
I know you said you're not having it figured out yet, but do you have already like thoughts or you know ideas in mind that you think this is I think where we will be able to create an equitable culture for all, or you know already kind of having some mindset there? Like, can you share a bit? Yeah, your own opinion about? Yeah, it? of course I can. So I think look, the first thing is we're big on using good judgment at HubSpot, and so what we don't want to do is set some big policy or like tell people that this is exactly what they have to do or this is exactly how they have to show up but we have definitely leaned into some guiding principles around how managers and employees should think about engaging with our culture and should think about kind of the, you know creating their own team cultures going forward the first like first and foremost and this is from my perspective one of the most important things is leading with inclusion so everything that we do when we fully transition into a hybrid environment should be inclusive first and honestly Daphne I think this was a bit of a miss in the past because not only does this relate to where you're working like it people's personal situation kind of plays into this so like I'm a mom of two kids being super honest the last thing I want to do on like a Friday night at five o'clock is go to a team event you know I have to mm -hmm. come home to my kids and put them to bed and so you could argue that actually previously when we thought about team gatherings that five o'clock on a Friday, like how inclusive was that to hold, you know, a team event? Maybe it wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily so inclusive and not only from a caregiving perspective, but you people with different abilities, maybe someone can't physically travel to an office to kind of get together. So what can you do now as a team that is truly inclusive? Of course, if you decide to get together on a Friday at five, that's totally fine, but you can't reward or promote based on that happening. Um, we don't want to stop people from getting together, but like I said, that can't form part of, your kind of promotion cycle or you can't you know force employees to do that so I think leading mm. with inclusion is the most important thing um I also think you know just being very mindful of people's comfort level right now like you kind of said it at the very start but we're still in the midst of COVID-19 we're kind of getting out of COVID-19 in some situations and people are going to have different comfort levels around even if they've chosen at office like when they're going to feel comfortable going back into an office environment and so I think really then leading with compassion and being very mindful of that and being very empathetic as well about the fact that we're a global company like you know in the US um, things are progressing much quicker than in Tokyo or in Singapore as an example and so making sure that you understand people's comfort level comfort levels and you're very empathetic in everything that you do and in all of your conversations I think is really, really important. Um, and then I think the other piece is like, just try out different technologies and different ways to connect people. Like I do think this, it'll be really interesting to see this year, what new like vendors or kind of tech partners we see out there that are going, you know, that will launch super cool ways to connect people in a hybrid world. Like there's such a, if anyone's listening, there's such a gap in the market for that kind of technology right now. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think don't be afraid to try things out and don't be afraid to get things wrong um, because we're, we're going to try lots of different things. Like I, you know, in terms of, as you think about hybrid events, as you think about like ways to connect people in a hybrid world. And so not to be afraid to test things out, I think is the other thing that I would say. So they're the three kind of guiding principles that I'm trying to live by anyway. What would you wish, actually, in the hybrid world if there was like new things that are not there at the moment? Like, is there things that you're already yeah. thinking? Oh, Good God, question. So nice existed. Yes, I do. Um, making you dream. Making me dream a bit. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's been funny. Like, like I said, definitely 
making sure that we don't have subcultures is super important. And so if I think about a situation where you are hosting a team event and I want all events, all events should be virtually inclusive going forward. But what does that look like in practice? And I don't think there's an epic tech solve for that just yet. So because, you know, you can either have everyone in an office, you can either have everyone remote or you can have everyone in an office with some people on a Zoom screen. But like, I don't necessarily think that's going to be Mm -hmm. the best experience. So I would love for some really cool way to for people to feel like they were all part of the event, you know, that they were they were all in the one room and it didn't necessarily have to revolve around just looking into a conference room screen. And I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know if that exists just yet. I don't think it does. We're definitely doing um, a bit of research to see what we can do. But I think that's one super cool thing. And then I think the other really uh, interesting piece is there has been some really amazing um, technology that we've seen that will enable kind of virtual connectivity. So um, tools like Shuffle and Donut, they, they're great for like mixing people together randomly. Um, really awesome. And we use some of those internally at HubSpot. Um, but again, as I think about how to do that at scale and how to do that being mindful of people's work preferences and even people's personal preferences. Like we obviously, uh, diversity, inclusion and belonging is one of our core priorities at HubSpot. And so um, we have a number of ERGs and how do you make sure that, you know, you even understand people, you know, you can do that in just a way that is super cool and relevant for ERGs and all that kind of stuff. That's another thing that's kind of top of my mind. So maybe that does exist and I'll, I'm sure I'll get like a ton of sales calls after, after this podcast. We're like, hey, yes, like, we have this. For you. Yeah, <laughs> come over. I mean, I think when I, it makes me think about how we tried to include the remote workers before when you had like little robots with a little like iPad and little face. And I thought this was so lame. But at the same time, I understand the trying to make it more inclusive, but it's like... I know I mean look I think the other thing is like I've technically worked remotely you know not working remotely but I've definitely I've it's been really rare for me to work in the same place as my team like for the last 10 years before I was at HubSpot um I worked for LinkedIn for seven years and I worked in global roles pretty much my whole entire life and so like 80% of my team was in the US and I was like that one person sitting in a conference Mm -hmm. room on my own in Dublin or at home and you know it's it's it is you you do have to think about that experience like how can you include people that aren't there with you how can you stop some of those side conversations happening you know how do you make sure that like do you, you you feel like you belong and you feel included and that you don't feel left out because you're not physically in a space because culture should not need four walls to thrive like it a thousand percent shouldn't and so i'm i'm very I'm I'm very strong on that. And maybe that's because I've experienced the situation myself where you are the only person in a room. Um, and, you know, I think I have a lot of privilege. So if that's the only thing that I've experienced, I can't even imagine how some of, you know, our black employees are feeling or, you know, I just, I think we need to be over sensitive and over, uh, we need to be very intentional around how we're crafting culture and kind of how we're crafting an inclusive culture going forward. Mm. It's interesting because you said that you've been that person in another office and people don't realize actually that companies have been remote or distributed for a yes. very long time because they were across the globe having a lot of different totally. offices working together. So it's not something new. It's just that now that they've been forced into that fully remote thing, then they're like, they're like realizing the impact that it has to be uh, 
away from others uh, and and not being included for example like you yeah. said you were feeling that and you were not necessarily feeling um that other people would realize how you were yeah. feeling and now they do so you feel seen i think that's such a good point i think like you know almost every global company has been glo- you know has had globally distributed teams you may even have heard this concept of like the orphan in the past we used to use that word a lot which is an awful word actually but it basically is you know where you have man- your manager is in a different country to you and how do you make sure that you feel you make sure that those folks are a supported being developed in the right way have career growth opportunities I do think, though, up until this point, that has been a little bit of an afterthought at times. So I think in a way it's an epic mm-hmm. opportunity to really like set a level playing field and create something equitable. Um, but I do think there is a difference a little bit around like, you know, I'm talking about my experience in a conference room. I was still able to walk out of that room and see other people that I worked with. I think the really hard thing for folk over the last year has been you get off a meeting room or you get off a call and you're on your own. And I think really creating mm-hmm. like good structures and support structures and um, a safe environment for people to, you know, to just to feel like that they are not having to self-coach themselves or they're not like overanalyzing how a call went. Like we've all been there where we've had a pretty tough call. We've gotten off and you've no one else to talk to but yourself or your dog or your kids. And so I think it's also situations like that that we likely didn't have before that we really do now that we have mm-hmm. to over-index into. Sometimes it's better like this. If you don't have anybody to talk to after, you can just lash it out. Yeah, well, that's... I Totally. I mean, you can imagine, like, this is when personality types just come to the forefront. If you're like me, you spend, like, an hour over-analyzing, like, a sentence after the end of a call, you're like, oh, my God, you need to check yourself seriously. No one should ever have to self-coach themselves. If the last 12 months taught us anything, it's that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was awesome to have you, uh, Imra. I really loved our conversation today. And uh, I hope that everybody that listened to the podcast today will go have a look at the culture code and see what you are all up to. And, you know, in the next few months, also what's going to come. So go have a look on the show notes to hear more about uh, Imra and the culture code. And uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Uh, I really had so much fun talking to you. Thank you for tuning in to Remote First. You can find all links and show notes in the episode description. And if you found value in this show, we'd love your rating on your listening app of choice. Thank you for being here. See you next time.